Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. The power of water and water life science. Did you know that this planet, the priority should be water? And that's why 13 years ago I decided to have this radio show. It, I could see that people were taking it very nonchalant about you turn on the tap or you see the stream or you go for a swim or there's a puddle. Um, don't ever take it for granted. At the beginning of time, it was the water that created all life on earth with time. It was the magic of this planet in motion, living with the other planets in orbit. And as it developed a nature, I call it, it developed with water, that created all that is seen and unseen. And it created time to be for eternity. Without it, there'd be no eternity. You'd be out of time. The whole planet. I'm sure that it has a lot of influence with other planets. But you are made up of water. Your body and each of those organs has a percentage of water or you would not be born. Each of those percentages in the organ of water works as a mechanic for you to live with the planet Earth. They relate to each other. In the body, when you're born... From that womb of water coming out, you begin what's called a, an evaporation process. At that moment, that baby is unique, different, because no two people have the same skin, same eye, same fingerprint, and more. We're all unique. We're living with the atmosphere's water vapor, like a lightning rod. They attract to each other. It has to, or you wouldn't be able to live. How we live with that life, we need to be educated. How important water is to drink, and water is to our planet, and what it is to our life the time to be for eternity and for healing power and what the nature of our life individually is. And when we start looking for those cures, to find cures for diseases and symptoms, we've got to start taking that serious, all of us. And then how you're living with the atmosphere and the life around you. Because everything your life is living with in that water around you 
and you're living in water with the atmosphere all day forever. It's living with the atmosphere too and moving with the orbit the way it does. We're all unusually different. So have a lot of patience with this strain of COVID-19. I've been watching it for since the beginning. I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research for a reason, to study all of this, because I noticed that no one had been studying it to prioritize on it. We've got to prioritize water in our lives. We have to. Now, how are you going to do that? Make sure that everybody who is elected takes serious water forever. There are countries of the world that realize how serious it is and started already prioritizing on it. And it'll be a power play in time for generations to come who has the water. That is the strength of a nation. Is the health of the people, economy, and the water all go together. So be thinking about that as time goes by. There's so much to learn. We've been doing press releases and blogs about getting our kids back to school. I'm very serious about that and their parents back to work for their economy at their kitchen table to get better and be healthy again. But kids need that social awareness, the social relationship, like everyone has to have to be of nature and to be healthy and to, to be, be visionary, to dream, be inventors, compete with the world like the Super Bowl. They can't do it from just a virtual at home. They've got to get out and get around people. They've got to, get, they've got to go and learn. Learn about themselves first. Now, today we have guests on. As you've noticed, I've been bringing on people as a guest to discuss mental awareness and addiction and what's going on with some new thinking we got a problem out there. A lot of you didn't know that people are getting claustrophobic. They're feeling isolated because they've been quarantined. They've been removed from making a living way too long. They got to get back to work, make a living, pay their bills. We've already had a very serious drug problem for years that was happening, which just shocked me. We've got to be able to learn more about what can we do as a population, a society, to educate our children more about it and what is going on. But we also have to help those children 
get back around each other, learning to make those decisions of that awareness. You don't learn that by isolating yourself altogether. You learn it with the vibration of the other person being around you and their, their nature, their life, their communication, who they are. It's vital. Now, today we're going to have Nancy Yonley Coleman from Grants Pass, Oregon, who's been a corporate health consultant. She's been for 50 years behind the arena of health and awareness. And then the founder now in her local area of a new pilot plan that they're working on with community leadership and community activity on mental health and drug addiction. If a person has been incarcerated, they're trying to get a program to where the person in the incarceration locally is put into classroom, new diet, new thinking, right then and there to assist that person to get stronger and get help. We're going to have also another one, Jim Derrick, we've had on before too. And Jim's background is extraordinary for 30 years. Jim is the founder and president of a mental health and a drug drug addiction plan nationwide called Safe Coalition. And Jim has been dedicating himself to, like Nancy. We're going to listen to our sponsor first, and we're going to bring the both of them on. And I really want to spend a lot of time picking their brains and letting them help learn from each other about what we are going to do as a population, as a society, to help others recover from drug addiction and mental problems. The person, as I taught you this morning, when they're born, as an individual with that particular type of problem, the body is running you. You don't always know what is sneaking up. It's like the doctor we had last week. He said people don't realize it's slowly and happening. What is happening with stress on the body and stress causing an exhaustion? Well, drug addiction sneaks up on you. You think that maybe you're going to, you know, that happens to the people down the street, not you. It does happen to possibly you. And the thing is, your diet has got to be careful because a diet can play tricks on you with it. And we're going to learn more about it. But listen to, we're going to listen to our sponsor of our show, Nature's Tears I Missed, with just a mist. You've been learning about the pandemic, COVID-19. It's the spit that carries the virus if you happen to have it and you didn't know it. And it becomes contagious to somebody else. 
That's why our hands have to stay sanitized to help possibly prevent that. But if you should touch it at the wrong time, and we never know what that's going to be when, it can carry up to the eye because the eyelid is not closing the skin of the over the eye all day, and you have a 99% water on the eye that's your immunity strength, your tear film. That tear film being 99% water is your immunity strength that nature gave you when you were born. If it dries and it has over-evaporation and no two eyes are alike you could carry that virus into the eye. That's why you've been hearing more about the eyes and you've been hearing about wear those masks. Wear the masks. Now, we've heard that our president doesn't wear them all the time because he's being tested and people around him are being tested. They don't have people around him unless they've had a temperature check and tested and if they're closer. But when you're out there and you haven't had a test lately or ever been tested or a temperature check, you be sure you wear a mask. That'll help protect other people just in case you didn't know you could be a carrier. Be wise and be concerning. Let's go together on this planet Earth. I've been calling it the health, the global health Olympics together. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist is for that immunity strength of the eye to slow that evaporation of of the eye down. It's the only product like it global. Well, listen to our sponsor, with just a miss. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're 
You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Nancy, are you with us? I am, Sharon. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Thank you. Jim, are you with us? I am here, Sharon. Uh, Thank you for having me as well. I want you to meet Nancy. Nancy, I want you to meet Jim. Jim, you're in the Boston area, and Nancy's in the West Coast in Grants Pass, Oregon. I wanted to tell you folks. I wanted the two of you to meet. Nancy's got a 50-year background, Jim, nonstop, on the run. Yep. And all this uh, mental awareness, uh, mental health, and addiction, and health issues and a corporate life, and more. Um, you, Jim, have been involved for 30-odd years and dedicated a nationwide plan with the Safe Corps group to, to do mental or, uh, health and drug addiction. Right. And, Nancy, I think we'll start with you. If you could briefly tell us just a tiny bit of why you are so dedicated uh, to what you're doing, and we're going to do the same thing with Jim. We're going to get him to tell us why he is so dedicated briefly, and then we'll get into picking each other's brains. But, Nancy, why are you so dedicated for 50 years? Well, Sharon, I um, I guess I assumed and felt always as though I uh, was given the gift of life for a reason, and uh, it was not to be squandered. So I've um, I became involved in the, uh, first became a nurse, and then um, was so interested in prevention rather than tertiary treatment. I worked with the health department for uh, about 13 years in Josephine County. And then I became executive director and founder of um, a drug treatment program in the community, and that that just uh, I became so involved and aware of how it, how pervasive that the problem, and this was many years ago. And um, that appeared to be uh, where my life's mission needed to focus is in learning all I could and providing as much um, information and assistance and uh, coalition building in our community because that's where you you um, where you're planted is where you provide the most seed seeding. However, as when I was involved with the the first drug treatment program, I we had a um, program that was recognized nationally as being a leader in the field, and therefore I had a an amazing opportunity to become a speaker and. Many uh, met so many wonderful people and was able to share and be shared with so many uh, wonderful ideas and um, 
it, it's just been uh, an amazing journey. Okay. Never, yeah, now, never quit learning. Right. Learning and, is the name of the game. Um, and that, that, can I interrupt here for a second? Um, you may try. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we radio to- talk shows do, Jim and, Ned, Jim and Nancy. <laughs> We're famous for interrupting. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, uh, yes, you unbelievable what you've learned and what you've done. Jim, tell us about, to tell Nancy and the audience, how you got involved in your background all these 30-odd years, briefly, if you could, and then we'll get into working with each other here. I'd be happy to. Before I do that, I just want to mention that my thoughts and prayers are with everybody on the West Coast that have been affected by these horrific fires, so I hope you both are safe, and I trust you are. Um, I I have a somewhat different uh, entry point into this, as I tell people I have some very fancy initials at the end of my name, which came as a result of a lot of uh, hard work and, yes, education and lived experience, and those are dad. Uh, my lived experience is what has brought me into this field. Um, I uh, am the father, proud father of three sons, and uh, about 15 years ago found my middle son was struggling mightily under at a very young age under the weight of... Um, we didn't realize it at the time, but an escalating um, problem with substances and uh, underlying all of that was untreated mental illness. And at the time, uh, until very recently, I found myself lost in the wilderness with my family, walking around literally from doctor to doctor, community to community, clergy person to clergy person, psychologist to psychologist saying, I believe my son may be an addict. Where can I get help? And the answer was, we don't know. Or try this, try that, go to the internet. But it was, it was, it was like we were in the dark ages with this illness. And as my son's problems uh, escalated, and um, he had a near fatal drug overdose and an accident that left him in a coma in the hospital, I was fortunate enough to come across somebody like Nancy who found them, uh, was a great coalition builder, and it was a state representative with a lot of courage in our community who brought together a group of people and said, look, we've got people dying by the dozens on our streets from an opioid epidemic. We need to come together as a community, call it what it is, have the courage to say we have this problem in our community, bring together key stakeholders, and, and go about destigmatizing the illness on the ground level where the Jim Derricks live allowing people to speak up, say they need help, and then bridging them through to people like Nancy that can provide help. And it was through that experience that we founded this organization called the Safe Coalition. All right. Jim, wow. That's something else. Yeah. Now, Jim, get into what you learned with your background, um, with the opioid, let's let's go out to the opioid, and um, yeah. what that does to sneak up on people. I'm a believer with my research that the addiction of that human being, with that baby being that baby was born, and nobody knew or has any way yet of learning what that baby is allergic to and what that baby is 
relating to the diet or that baby is relating to mental personalities and so on. Uh, I believe that there's no two people, uh, skins alike, fingerprints alike, eyes alike, more. Um, I think that addiction sneaks up on people. They don't know what happened, what was happening. For whatever reason they started, could have been a dentist gave them penning pills or whatever, or they started playing around a little bit with a social gathering with kids, a friend or who, uh, with uh, attempting to do things that they, but they thought they wouldn't be the one. To get it well, I'll be most interested be the- to hear. Yeah, I'll be most interested to hear Nancy's take on this. My my take uh, from again lived experience has been that there are a number of ways that people are introduced to substances, um, but substance use disorder uh, comes about in my experience as people try to reach for things outside of themselves to make themselves feel better for something that is wrong internally. So right. um, it it. Yeah. And, and the treatment deals more as much with detoxification relative to the body uh, from substances, but also how to fill that void health, in a right. healthy way. Um, and I'm not sure how Nancy uh, attacks that, but that's been my lived experience. But don't uh, you real quickly, before we go to Nancy, Jim, don't you think that a lot of these people out there with their ki- with kids um, I can say some things that I ran into not long ago. I was hearing someone talk here locally how their kid, their son, was just very innocently at somebody else's house with a friend. And he said, oh, why not? Why not try? Just have fun. Have fun. And you're doing that younger and younger to t- have fun. Okay, Nancy, would you go forward with what he was asking you? Well, I think uh, I'll try to give uh, as rapid a summary as I can of um, a picture of Grace Roots Pathways to Wellness. That's the project that um, I'm working with and have been for the past uh, seven years. And we uh, just a a group of us came together understanding that there was... uh, a need, a tremendous need for focusing on the opioid uh, addiction problem. And the first the, the first slide of this, there was a, an OBGYN physician, um, Dr. Felicia Cohen, and uh, Dr. Stephen Rotter, who is an integrative medicine specialist. He's um, also uh, a yoga instructor, a certified yoga and um, acupuncturist. He and then we had um, someone from the law enforcement and someone from the high school. So we had a little bit of a start as far as um, a picture, getting a picture of what people were experiencing. So from there, we became uh, a group that was, our focus was a community in recovery. 
So uh, we brought together all the treatment providers in Josephine County to, uh, in order to become familiar with what they were experiences, to gather statistics and identify their perspective of the opioid problem, what we were doing well and what needs were missed. We produced a video then, uh, Community at Risk, and held community viewing events uh, throughout the county. The first one was our um, big launching of the uh, opening the topic to the community, and we didn't know what to expect, but we had a building that would hold 200, and we surpassed that, which was absolutely amazing. We were very pleased. So we had our first showing of the video. The video took a couple of months to produce and uh, some amazing sponsors in order to produce it. And then from that, uh, uh, the opening of the community at risk, we took the film and speaker throughout the county by request to various uh, organizations. Then we identified, we built a coalition of individuals and organizations to coordinate recovery efforts locally. Uh, the, one of the biggest things that I've always find, found missing is continuity, uh, working together, uh, identifying who's doing what. Um, the next thing we identified a need for, uh, we tried to prioritize because there were so many ways to go, but we had to focus. It became apparent that a medical assisted treatment center, and we're, our, our minds are on prevention, but the need was on assisted treatment center located in our community. So finding that need, then we needed to find a resource. And by working with the state health providers, we found the only Gold Star Treatment Center in Oregon at that time was located in Bend. And they were not really interested in branching out, but we recruited them to our community, introduced them to all the community uh, leaders that we've spoken about, and we were able to um, recruit that that program to our community. Otherwise, and the reason we found it a real priority, we had almost 300 people daily going to our adjacent uh, city, Medford, which was a 30, approximately a 30-mile trip one way. So every day they were going 60 miles and spending three to four hours a day of their lives just seeking daily treatment. So the community welcomed this center. Uh, it has been amazing. Uh, we are so very pleased and proud. And that uh, is a program now that's we're in the first stages of working with, uh, and the sheriff is on our steering committee. That was the other thing that as soon as we became a nonprofit, we recruited a steering committee, and that was the sheriff and the chief of police and someone from the hospital, someone from the education, someone from every aspect of the community, a district attorney, et cetera. 
And they have been invaluable just to have that group of people that we could provide feed information to and get feedback from them. Um, we're in the fourth year, or we were last year, in the fourth year of producing the Healthy Food Festival as, as a preventive program and another way to, uh, to provide information to the community, uh, and also it wasn't just focused on um, opioid or drug addiction, but that was one of the one of the facets. It was a, a community-wide event, and that was held last year, or year, yes, it was last year. We weren't able to have it this year uh, at the high school auditorium and the Performing Arts Center. We had amazing speakers, and they were so well-received. We had Food is Medicine, Dr. Erlinson, Keep Your Marbles, Dr. Cobb, Nutrition for Recovery, Dr. Rotter, Nervous System Nutrition, Dr. Chambers, and all of these aspects are part of just the foundation of healthy living. Okay, Nancy. So we, um, we, now I'm we sorry now to stop you. We got to slow down. Got to let Jim uh, tell us what he's comprehending here. What is he learning? Uh, what so, he thinks yeah, he's been doing. I'd like you to ask Nancy some questions. Can, can I make a comment on what I just heard? Yes. Uh, if you take my story, the story that I shared and listen to what Nancy just laid out, in my opinion, that is the answer. Nancy's providing the answer to exactly the problem, the dilemma that I was faced with, and I'd like to highlight a couple of things that Nancy said. Continuity of care. This is a lifetime illness. We're losing between 60 and 70,000 people per year to drug-related overdose fatalities. Right, right. This is a problem that is a communal problem. It's one of... Resource sharing, this is the anecdote, is resource sharing, continuity of care, long-term communal organic change so that people understand the nature of this illness and are supportive of and integrate the conversations relative to recovery into the fabric of the community. What Nancy's talking about, in my opinion, is, is the way that we will wrestle this epidemic to the ground. Right. It is, the, it is the only effective answer. When you put medication-assisted treatment and you put relapse prevention uh, uh, strategies and, and mechanisms into place and you have resources so readily available and you talk about prevention and you talk about food being medicine and you put all of this together and you have all of these agencies pulled together, in my opinion, you're providing a very fertile place for not only for somebody to become to enter into recovery but also to have them become trusted partners as you move forward, adding their voices and adding their talents, and you're building a community that supports and celebrates recovery for a lifetime. Now, Jim, the one thing I'm thinking about, both of you, as you were both talking and what Nancy was teaching us, it took her a long time to think out and do, and she was right. You were right about the focus. When anybody writes a good business plan, you've got to focus. And you take that plan, and it's serious because you've studied how to go about what you want to do. It doesn't mean you're going to go 
just perfect at it. But it just means you've got to focus. You've got to plan. And I liked what Nancy said, that they were focusing. And they kept learning as they went, Jim. And the other thing I liked about this is on the local side of when you begin to bring um, the addiction, uh, the individual's mental uh, problem, disease, let's call it, to the program, they feel part of it too. The individual feels a part of it. If that person, if they've done what they are saying they're doing, they will feel they're participating in this. What can they do to get better, to get healthier? You know, addiction, both of you, you work so close with it with people, but addiction, what I study with the evaporation of the body and no two bodies are alike and no two bodies are living with the water or the atmosphere's electric rod the same. It is not a plan of the person. It's like I said, these young kids are starting out playing around a little bit. It isn't always just because they fell down and uh, need an opioid or, or the individual. It becomes kind of like a party with kids to have fun, and they don't think it had ever, never thought about it. Even though they got a kick out of being involved with the mental, um, like you said, Jim, where they sometimes need also, they've got an underlying want to be uh, giving themselves a little bit of of, um, of, of a concoction or a whatever it is you call and, and uh, whatever it is, and they get a kick out of making and then feel, feel themselves feel that better. But thing is, they don't know they could be the one to completely go off the deep end. And don't want to ask you both something. Nancy and Jim, what are you doing with students, Nancy, uh, to get them educated in the schools um, with the plan? Well, one of our major segues, um, that, that's a, a, a very challenging. Uh, and I have found that to be a challenging aspect that, one of the major ways that we have kind of, um, we work with the high school, the Grants Pass High School and the Josephine County District, and especially through the Healthy Food Festival, we were able to um, to get a group of students through the, our recruiting efforts, and um, they became helpers. And through the process of becoming um, helpers, they really uh, then we kind of had them as a, not a captive audience, but a cooperative audience, and they became more interested in working with us in other ways. So we're tapping into, I would say we're just into the very first steps of what I hope to accomplish, but you, that's, that's how things happen. Now, Jim, um, excuse me, Nancy, for interrupting again. Now, Jim, when you hear what they're doing with that uh, food mm-hmm. festival, 
I want you to understand, uh, Nancy, what the food festival is. I mean, what do you? What is a, What is your food festival? Give me a picture. What, I'm sorry, you go what to did you say, and, Sharon? What, what is your food festival? You say food festival. The, the healthy you, food festival. What is it like? Is it like you're going from well, booth to booth to booth, or, and you're going well, into it, a... It, no, but that's, uh, that's where we have the speakers going uh, okay. on the different topics that I mentioned, and we also had uh, vendors... And we had youth activities. There we go. There we go, Jim. We had we had films. We had uh, puppets that were vegetables. A wonderful puppet show for the very young children. There you go, Jim. And by yeah. having it, by holding it on the in the high school, the Grants Pass High School Commons, we also were on their ground, so to speak, and mm-hmm. we also worked with the. Uh, <laughs> Grants Pass High School Culinary Arts Program, so I can have them okay. do catering for a variety of um, of things that we provide. So now, trying to, Nancy, I'm going to interrupt you again on that because I want to bring Jim on. Now, when you say when we have a food festival, it's because you you wanted to get the word the diet out to young people, thinking about how important they're nutrition in their diet is. Is that why you well, had a few food festivals? To the community. It right. definitely was to appeal to the community. Now, Jim, so that's what me. I've been after. Excuse me. Jim, that's what I've been after, and I wanted you to hear about it today and think about, too, for what you I'm sure you have, that the diet is so important with uh, the local plant. Um, the local programs and the local planning with these addictions and mental awareness. Sure. I had I asked somebody recently on my show, this a nationwide global physician on all this too. Well, nutrition finally. Well, let me finish, um, Nancy. Let me finish for a second. I'm sorry. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> asked him about diet. I asked him about diet, and uh, he's worldwide. And Jim, he. He, he said, well, and then I said, well, do you do a blood test when you bring your patients together like that? Well, and oh, I mean, we have, you know, and I, I, I really think that they need to get into also having a blood test of the individual to see if they've been allergic ever um, in, um, about with any of the food or anything, uh, glucose, sugar, whatever it may be. It could be um, a peanut. It could be anything. Uh, Jim, what is your thinking with what you want to do there in Boston, um, in your area, yeah, like, I mean, and safe group? Yeah, like on Nancy. Nutrition, I too. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I, I appreciate what Nancy was saying. We have a peer-to-peer group we've, we've brought high school-age students to the table early on and actually have two seats on our board of directors for uh, the peer-to-peer group to be represented, and they help steer uh, steer the conversation. And so we have worked in the area schools that we're working in on prevention and social-emotional help, uh, health, uh, helping teachers and faculty realize the connection between social-emotional health and predictive uh, problems with um, mental health and substance abuse downstream. So we've pushed that conversation 
downstream to our to the youngest among us uh, relative to uh, nutrition, uh, actually relative to mental health and substance use, our first goal was to destigmatize and really talk about it much like you're doing, which is part of the holistic nature of, of health. Um, we can't look at it in a vacuum. We can't look at uh, the substance simply as a problem with, you know, just say no to a particular drug. Uh, we need to look at it uh, in the context of the entire uh, being of, of uh, nutrition is certainly a big part of that. One of the horrors that I see oftentimes with people in early recovery is they go right back to Red Bull and, and nicotine and, and caffeine and nobody's stopping them and saying, Paul wait a minute, Jim, let's look. Jim, the same friends. Uh, same friends. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Same group. Right? To me, that's, right? a, that's say, part you, of the addiction is the friends. You stay in the barbershop, you're going to wind up getting your hair cut. Um, and yeah. and there's, there's no question that, that you, you need to make holistic changes like that. And I think what Nancy's talking about is is really changing. Is, again, I go back to her sort of 36,000 foot view that this isn't something we, we kind of pick apart uh, on the ground, but you've really got to back up and look at this holistically and globally and say, you know, how do we change the conversations that are being held around kitchen tables? relative to the importance of nutrition? How do we change the conversation around kitchen tables about social emotional health? How do we help people make the connection between those two and the relative risk of substance use disorder developing later on? And then further, how do we, once somebody is in recovery, how do we make, help them make the connection between good nutrition and exercise and overall health habits and relapse prevention? And I think that what Nancy's talking about, really, and I, I go back to it, is really the key to global change on this issue. And I submit to you that, that the more communities that I speak to on a national basis relative to coalition building and doing what Nancy's talking about, the more people look up from the table and say, my gosh, we never considered that, you know, and, and this is something we want to adopt in our local communities. And you know the other thing, both of you, um, and I've been saying this to you, Jim and to Nancy, um, is that when <clears throat> they first get incarcerated uh, locally, the, the local incarceration, um, and it sounds like Nancy's coalition, Jim, has brought um, the law enforcement involved, the judges, everybody involved, not in the community, physicians, and more. But when they first get incarcerated, to begin a plan then and there, uh, trying to get them con- encouraged to want to become a, a, a student of learning, how to recover, and not to go. And then when they re- they're recovering, they have to learn not to have a relapse. But the tough part, Jim, Nancy, is going to keep them away from the friends that they had that they did it with because that's their close friends and they may even go back to a family member who indulges into more or it gets can get, doesn't it is not an addict as a family member but it's indulging and uh there's so much to this and the thing about it is is now, I'm not going to have a commercial today. I wanted to pass it up. This is too important to you, too. Um, Nancy, what do you think about when you heard what Jim just said? Well, I think Jim was saying 
pretty much exactly what what our organization is attempting um, to provide community I have always felt community is is the answer um, to any effort that's going to be effective and that's a it's a large um, undertaking and it's not overnight <laughs> we've worked for four uh, five years with this focus um, we have accomplished a lot our first efforts were community at risk now we're going into the phase of community and recovery and our next efforts are hope home and that's uh home for um, pregnant mothers and babies and that's I'm ex- really excited about that because it's it's a big problem and it's also it's prevention and it's intervention and it's recovery it's everything and then uh, community we're doing a, another film uh, community and recovery where we'll be uh, sharing community leaders' experiences and visions of what is a healthy community. Now, um, Nancy, um, I'm going to interrupt you again for quickly because I've uh-huh. got a couple of questions that I don't want to forget to do here. Um, Jim, when she's talking about these programs and all that, you could you've got a lot of influence, Jim, nationwide. And what you've been doing has been very successful to get you guys off the ground, Jim, with what you're doing uh, nationwide. Jim, what is your thinking about, um, and I've got, I've got to get one more question that's so important to me to both of you today. Um, sure. J- Jim, what do you think about these uh, first incarceration, second incarceration, third incarceration, but the person getting into classes immediately within that incarceration, right there in that, uh, I call it incarceration, in the jail, local Mm -hmm. jail, to get them started, ASAP, get them going right then and there inside the jail. And then um, what do you think about that, Jim? Well, I'll tell you my experience, and again, it's limited relative to what Nancy has experienced with um, our prison population has been, Frustration, and it's frustration in that uh, there just isn't isn't two, two critical things are missing. One is political will in many cases, and the other one is financial. Uh, they're connected, obviously. I am. And of course, I, I, I was going to ask Nancy the question, uh, and it's a it, there's a longer answer than we have time for. But what her experience has been relative to overcoming those two obstacles, because we have attempted to launch a couple of uh, prison initiatives both of which met major stumbling blocks due to funding and no political will to push it through, um, even when they were met with some success. Uh, so uh, I'd be interested to hear Nancy sometime talk about that. Nancy, I'm going to um, let you do a brief one. We've got for about a minute. And then I've got a question for both of you that I think is very important. I've got to get in before we're done today. Well, as I said, our next steps, one is the Hope Home for uh, the pregnant women and babies. The second um, is to working with the sheriff and all of the other entities in uh, 
providing a pilot project in our local jail. And I, I totally agree with Jim. This probably is one of the most... Um, it's it's very everything is involved as he said there's it's not just a simple project it's very time consuming it's very it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of coordination we fortunately have had the sheriff and the district attorney and a judge on our steering committee so we have that was um that's an amazing part of of our potential success in what he being was able saying to too, Nancy. What he was saying too, it becomes political. But both of you know what it costs to get funding, to get the right funding, to do what you need to do. It does cost money. It's like every research center, every university has to have grants, foundation money, funding, or they're out of business. All research centers cannot operate. Now, real quickly, I'm going to ask you both something, and we need those politicians, yes, but we need people like you're doing, Nancy, to get the funding from helping to do that. You need a good driver on that. Now, I'm going to ask you both something real quick. What are you both doing in those programs about um, human trafficking? Because people get caught up in being uh, naive about human trafficking that's going on in all these communities. Candidly, it's it's not our lane. I'm very aware of what you're talking about, and we have partners mm-hmm. that work in that area. But it's not that's mm-hmm. something we're specifically focused on. So it doesn't on. come up with a drug addiction. It doesn't come up with an individual who's uh, been lured into more drugs and having problems there. You haven't had any real kick. Any problems there? Well, I'm sure it has. I just haven't. We're not working in that lane right now. Yeah. Nancy, what are they doing here local about it? Do you Have you run into any of that? Uh, there's a, there are a couple of efforts, but there's what I don't see is a major coordinated effort in that direction specifically. Um, mm-hmm. So I really am... I, See, the I one thing have... I've been watching, I'm going to share this with you both to think about in the back of your head. What happens to drug addiction, a drug pusher, uh, people pushing drugs to make money, to make money. And they're going out there and earning, making money by people getting influenced. And then they're human trafficking along with that now to make money. So you haven't ran into yes. that with your, with your recovery problems. I'm aware of it. Uh, it has not, I have not put it on my radar as um, a priority because I Well, I'm going to share a limitation of both. time and energy. I'm going to share something with you both to think about. And I didn't say the word priority, and I don't know, but they go together. It's mm-hmm. happening without a control. It's like yeah. you need program money for your programs. Every research center needs money for its program or it can't operate. 
Uh, capital is vital. How do people earn money? Sell drugs. And now it's human trafficking on top of it. It's out of control. If, if okay. I might, Sharon. What? I'm sorry. If I, if I might just add one thing, um, a, a bit unrelated to that, but when we're talking about treatment, I don't want to leave families out. Um, and I want to speak specifically to anybody that's suffering with a loved one that has substance use disorder or mental health. The family needs treatment as well. And we, we have a robust family program which helps people uh, struggle with issues of codependency and all the dynamics that leave these poor siblings that, that are in the middle of all this chaos and the parents uh, that are really uh, suffering right. from post-traumatic stress on a daily basis. We, we really look to treat the family so like the community, we can have organic change within that family so when the person comes returns to the Jim, family... Jim, I am so sorry we have to close the show. Yep. I, sure. I, we've, it's over. It's, uh, we did it. Thank you both for coming on today. And um, I really appreciate you letting me participate with you both and you both coming on. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Thank you. Keep in touch. Keep in touch, Jim. Okay. Will do. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Audience, we want to thank you for listening today. Put a child's heart in your hands. All children are perfect and a priority. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel, with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinerHour.com.